Ready to go? All right. All right. Good morning. Thank you for coming to my intermittent sermon series titled Nick reads it, Writes an Essay and Reads It Into a Microphone. All right. So today we're going to be looking at attention-seeking behavior and why it's a problem for Christians. Some of you already have some ideas. We're going to probably go deeper than, than you've been thinking. We're going to look at some of the causes, some of the ways to prevent it. And at the end, we're going to have a little surprise because Trevor has been doing that. Mine will not involve candy, so sorry, kids. So first, we need to define the problem. Uh, attention-seeking behavior at its core is an example of selfishness. An attention-seeking person is focused on himself. He values himself based on the recognition he receives from others. This can come in many ways, from awards and applause to likes on a social media app. But if he doesn't get it, he thinks he is failing, or possible that he is a failure. Sometimes this applies only to himself, but in other cases he views the entire world the same way. I'm better than you are because I have more trophies on my shelf, or because the video I posted got more likes. Now, if you're like me, you heard awards and applause and you thought of entertainers. However, I'm not saying that all all professional entertainers are like this. Some of them are, some aren't. You have to... Uh, you have to watch their their other life their life off the screen off the stage. Uh, we're talking about uh, lifestyle and personal behavior patterns, not their day job. Uh, one likely indica- indicator, at least to me, is if they choose to be the real uh, subject of a reality TV show. So I started by saying that attention-seeking behavior is a problem, but I didn't specifically say why it's a problem. All I said that it's selfish. A lot of people are selfish. That shouldn't be a big deal, right? Wrong. As I've noted before, the goal of a Christian parent is to raise a child to be competent, confident, and mature follower of God. You cannot be a competent, confident, and mature person if you're focused on yourself. You cannot effectively follow God if you're focused on yourself. You cannot become an effective parent if you're focused on yourself. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Most rational people seem to agree, at least to some degree, with those three statements. But if you look at the people that are influencing our culture, rational people are in short supply. Our current culture is run by people that need your attention. But I'm not talking about national lawmakers. That's a completely different topic. I'm talking about people that define our culture. Media, news, social media influencers, actors, athletes, musicians, and any other type of celebrity all live and die based on how well they get and keep your attention. I've seen singers insult each other on social media just to stay in the news because they don't have an album coming out. Some of them freely admit that. If you watch any entertainment news show, the host will actually treat that behavior positively. They need to stay relevant. They need to be seen as often as possible because in modern day America, we have a very short attention span. Being forgotten can kill your career. Now, it's easy to get off topic here because there are many, many things in media and culture that require thought and discussion. So here's a quick reminder. Just looking specifically at the need for attention. Think about traditional media, social media personalities, actors, athletes, and musicians. Those are the big names, usually. Ask yourself what happens if no one knows about them or what they're currently doing. Do they continue to do their jobs? Do they fade quietly away into obscurity? 
or do they do or say something controversial just to gain some attention? Remember, we're talking about millionaires here. Most of them could have retired years ago. They may love doing their job, but loving their job is not sufficient to explain the level of behavior they, they seek, and the, the attention-seeking behavior that they demonstrate. The need for attention. They need attention more than they need their job. And for a quick counterexample, the average NFL kicker makes $2.2 million per year and isn't on anyone's radar unless they're on the field. So some people in those categories, athletes, celebrities, etc., are not self-absorbed divas. They're just doing their job. And that person's probably going to retire happily and safely. Now let's identify the people that have this problem. Sometimes attention-seeking behavior, uh, people that seek attention are easy to spot. They're loud and flashy, they show off or boast. These people are usually walking red flags. Anyone that puts more money into their wardrobe than a normal person does into their car is looking for attention. They need you to notice them. It's not just clothing, it's jewelry and makeup on them, custom rims and designs on their car, designer handbags and accessories. Nobody puts custom rims on their car to make it run better. No one buys a Gucci purse because it's a superior quality item that will last them for years. They buy it to make a statement. And in both of those cases, the statement is, I am somebody, or I am special. Sometimes it's, I am better than you. A 30-second internet search showed that either a Gucci purse or a custom set of rims can run one to $3,000. And I expect there are much more expensive options available if you want. That's for one accessory, and the only, only reason is to attract attention. Sometimes the attention-seeking behavior isn't that flashy. Sometimes it's verbal or physical. Anyone that always has a joke or a story that is timed perfectly to make them the center of attention fits this, this, this description. But again, we're looking for patterns. Just being funny is not enough to label someone as selfish. If you lived a long time and done a lot of things, you're going to have a lot of stories. So we have to look at the rest of their behavior. Are they content to let others talk? Are they content with silence? Are they happy with when other people succeed, or are they just looking for their next chance to shine? I saw someone at a funeral several years ago, and halfway through her speech, she transitioned from her dead father to turning the speech about herself. I don't even know if she realized she did it. But knowing some other aspects of her life, it looked like she needed someone to pay attention to her. Physical manifestations of selfishness can also be difficult to gauge. Clinginess might be a way of showing affection, but it might be a way of making sure that you're giving them the attention they need or think they deserve. Again, watch him. Is he unhappy when he's not touching someone? Is, does he do anything else to get attention? Flirting with anyone available is usually a red flag, but it's not the only thing to watch for. And someone that shows consistent physical affection toward their spouse is probably not a problem. Selfishness and the desire for attention can be mistaken for extroversion, but they are not the same thing. I think everybody here knows at least one extrovert, I hope. Not necessarily selfish. If someone shows up at my house and says, now we can get this party started, it would bother me. But that's because it's my house, and I'm pretty reserved in most cases. And I probably already started it since it's my house. I can't assume that guy that walked in is going to dominate every conversation that goes on the rest of the night. I can't assume that if there's a game going on, they're going to, you know, jump in and win everything. 
can't assume they're going to control anything else. I have to watch. Um, and I can't make the assumption that if someone is intelligent enough to lead a conversation, that they need attention. I can't assume that if someone wins every game, they need attention. Look at the interactions and demeanor. Is he arrogant or humble? How does he handle side conversations? How does he handle dissent? What happens when someone else chooses to play differently than he would? I use this example specifically because it happened to me. He said I was playing the game wrong. He said I'm going to lose. He didn't like it when I disagreed. He needed me to listen, and he had a really hard time dealing with the fact that I might have a different opinion than he, he did. He couldn't see outside of his own experience. And he was 11 years old. So the boy's father handled that situation, and uh, I didn't have to throw him out. If an adult happens to do that in my house, I will ask him to leave because I don't need to put up with his need for attention or need to tell everyone else what to do. So the final way of identifying attention seekers that we're going to deal with today is going to sound strange at first, but bear with me. Attention-seeking people often lack competence. This is simply because learning how to do something doesn't usually get attention. Learning a skill doesn't elicit praise. No one praised my father for becoming an electronic technician. He learned in high school, got better in the military, and spent 30 years doing the job. No applause. No praise. He provided for his family, and no one should have applauded, because you shouldn't need applause to work for a living. If someone needs applause, they will look for things that they're already good at, or naturally good at, or things that are exciting or entertainment-oriented, or things that they can learn quickly. They get applause faster that way. So if they're forced to do, work hard at something, they will work hard to learn something flashy, something they can be praised for, not something normal that anyone can do. No one's going to praise you for knowing how to get stains out of clothing or cooking dinner. But learning something that belongs on stage, that can be worse than effort. But again, you have to watch them. Being competent is something that can be done on stage doesn't mean they are necessarily a selfish, attention-seeking person. You have to watch the rest of their life. You have to look for patterns. Now, one common side effect of the lack of competence is neediness. Someone that can't take care of themselves or function effectively in relationships or in broader society is demonstrating incompetence, even if they can hold down a job or even graduate from college. I've seen people with college degrees that cannot handle relationships. They don't know what they're doing. This type of behavior is often paired with clinginess, but it's not identified with selfishness usually because it looks like the opposite of arrogance. This person doesn't demand your attention, but they need it. They may even love you for it. It may look like humility, but for some reason they won't become competent. They will need you, and they will need the attention that you give them. And that relational dynamic probably just triggered every therapist in the room. So let's move on. So for those of you taking notes, you should be seeing a pattern. All the behavior I've been describing falls into one very specific category. So let's recall the things I mentioned. I'm loud. I'm special. Look at me. Listen to me. I'm always right. I brag about myself. 
I need to be the center of attention. I need to be able to touch you whenever I want. I have no real skills unless they attract attention. I can't do it. Can you do it for me? The category this describes is children. And part of parenting is helping those children grow out of it. Attention-seeking behavior is a form of selfishness that directly equates to being a child, no matter how old you are. So before I go on to the causes of this behavior, I need to address the biggest single red flag that I'm aware of. And that's social media use and dependency. I, uh, let's see, uh, okay. This topic as a whole is something I'm not qualified to address, but in the context of attention-seeking behavior, it isn't actually that hard. First, good news. If you watch YouTube or communicate through Facebook, you're not doing anything wrong. Doesn't make you selfish. I think everyone already knows that. What about people that post videos and pictures all the time? Why are they doing it? For some people, it's to get attention. For others, it's purely based on money. Some people are actually paid for that. But how can we tell? It's actually pretty simple. Most people are not paid, or they're paid in very little money. If they are paid, it's a job. Uh, I know one of the people I've watched on YouTube has a roughly $8,000 a month salary from their YouTube. That's their full-time job. And that's pretty good money. It's more than I make. Significantly more than I make. But if you look at him outside, not that bad. He's doing his job, and he does it well. But for most people, whether it's an Instagram model, a YouTube stuntman, or someone who takes pictures of their food every day, they're not getting money. A couple bucks a month is not paying any bills. They don't do it for attention. Maybe they do it to possibly get a job doing it later. I don't know. It's still not paying their bills. But they've been programmed by our culture to value the applause of other people. And on social media, this takes the form of likes, upvotes, or whatever system each platform uses. And our culture has tried to program the rest of us into giving them that attention, into valuing that attention. And every person that validates the attention-seeking behavior of someone else online is telling them that they're right, telling them that they're a success, or that they're worth something as a human being. So it's important to note there are plenty of people that post pictures or video without attaching their worth to what they've posted. You may be one of those people. If you are, consider how it affects you. Do you care if you get zero likes, if no one watches? Can you stop? Why do you do it? If you can honestly reflect on those questions and you aren't seeking attention or valuing yourself based on your social media presence, you should be fine. So now that we've addressed social media use, we're going to go on to social media dependence. You may not value yourself based on your social media presence, but do you value others based on theirs? Do you spend more time on social media than you do off it? Do you identify with that people group or with that mindset? Again, watching YouTube does not make you a sinner. But think carefully. What you do regularly impacts you more than you realize. Who you spend time with and who you focus on affects how you think and feel. And it can affect how you, what you value. We live in a world that always wants us to like and subscribe. So you should think very carefully about what you like, what you subscribe to, and who you should support. Because by doing that, you're actually validating their existence. So now I think it's time to ask why. What are the causes of attention-seeking behavior? There are many individual causes. We're going to address some overall categories. But first, the obvious one, they seek attention because they need it, want it, or love it. 
typically that starts early in life. First category is people that did not get enough attention growing up. And you come from broken environments or parents that didn't know how to deal with their children appropriately. Sometimes it's the parents' fault, sometimes it's not. If you're a single parent that works two jobs, you probably won't be able to give your children the attention that they need. And it can be very difficult to communicate that with them, especially if they're young. They simply won't understand. Children that don't get enough attention at home usually seek it elsewhere, and it's common for these children to continue to seek attention after they grow up, because in this particular way, they never actually grew up. Our second category has some similarities with the first, but has a different base reason. Some children that need attention come from parents that need attention. In this context, a parent that needs attention has three distinct effects on their children. The first effect is simply that when a parent is busy seeking attention, they usually don't have enough to give their kids, or even realize that the kids need it, because they're busy. That ends up, as noted before, with the child needing to look elsewhere even after growing up. The second effect is that attention-seeking behavior is taught through example. Children watch their parents to see how life works. They copy and adapt the strategies that their parents use. So if mommy and daddy do something that appears to work, the children will likely follow. The children do not see that mommy and daddy didn't succeed and they need to do it again tomorrow. Third effect, I think the most damaging, is when the parent looks to their child as a source of attention. Instead of parenting with the goal of producing a competent adult, the parent has a baby to have someone who will pay attention to them or as a way of attaining attention from others. In the first case, the baby will pay attention to the parent. As a baby, they have to. As the child grows up, they can develop the warped center of the world worldview, center of the universe worldview, which can negatively, negatively affect them for the rest of their lives. In addition, the child will eventually seek out their peers, and that can have some major relational damage, depending on how the mother deals with that. The second case of having a baby to, abstain, to obtain status may not make sense to everyone. But in poverty-based subcultures where no one is anyone, becoming someone is very important. And when no one has any money and no one thinks they can succeed, one of the easiest ways of becoming someone is to have a baby. Now you're a mother. Now you are someone and you are respected. Again, that is a broken subculture. It is not normalized, but it does happen. Now, if you have that baby, you now have a status, but you also have a responsibility that comes with that status, and you probably weren't prepared for it, didn't really want it, aren't really going to give it your best, because the baby was just a means to achieve something for yourself. Again, broken subculture. So the third category of people that need attention, again, it has similarities with the first. You should see a pattern here. Pay attention to your kids. But this group seeks attention not because they didn't get any growing up, but because they were rewarded disproportionately for attention-seeking behavior while they were young. Notice that word disproportionately. It's important. If my son does something that is impressive or excellent, I recognize that. I give praise or attention. But I already pay attention to my son so he doesn't need to go seeking it out. He doesn't equate the love of his parents with success. He knows that we love him. He also succeeds at things. He knows those two things are not related. He also fails at things. He does not get ignored or punished for coming in second or tenth or last. 
Children that are disproportionately praised for specific actions can equate those actions with that attention, then continue to seek that attention by performing those actions. Sometimes the action is winning. The biggest offender here is father-son relationship based on sports, but it's not the only possibility. I've seen the same thing with that educational achievement. Sometimes the positive attention is from being the class clown. Humor is important. People like it. It's a necessary part of life. But if it's overemphasized, it can create a mindset where the child values themselves based on how funny they are. It's especially uh, possible when they have problematic home lives. Class clown at school, now you're worth something. Sometimes the praise is based on appearance. Have any of you ever heard a, pre a parent praise their daughter for beauty? What are the odds she grows up without valuing her appearance? How likely is she to dress down or go without makeup to avoid it? It's possible. I've seen women do exactly that. They get too much attention for their beauty growing up, and then as an adult they say, I don't want that, and they dress down. But is that most women? Most people that are praised for their beauty tend to run with it. They tend to value it. It's not just women, actually. Men and children need to be beautiful in this culture, too. There's toddler beauty pageants. So look at the fashion, makeup, and cosmetic surgery industries. They will all tell you that beauty gets you attention. They're right. They want you to need that attention. Their entire way of life is built on it. Their entire business structure is built on it. Our way of life shouldn't be built on that. So at the beginning I said uh, the goal of a Christian parent is to raise a child to be competent, confident, and mature follower of God. Attention-seeking behavior demonstrates that a person is not competent, confident, or mature. It's childish. And looking at the causes, it appears that the biggest underlying factor of this behavior is insecurity. So now that we've seen where it comes from, how do we prevent it? Most of the responsibilities for prevention come down to the parents, but every one of us should have assistance from family, friends, and congregation members. Remember, we're trying to raise competent, confident, and mature followers of God. That starts with intentionality and community. You can start by going back to the causes I listed earlier and not doing them, but we're going to go over some more proactive guidelines. First, parents have limited resources. In this case, we're specifically looking at time and energy as resources. Dividing up your resources among multiple children requires intent and planning. Having multiple children is not bad, but it does require more planning and very efficient use of those resources. So you have to know your strengths and weaknesses and know your limitations. Also, again, community. Outside help is important. We're not doing this alone. If you are doing this alone, you're doing it wrong. Next, parents must limit their non-parenting activities to avoid losing necessary time with their children. Yes, we all have to work for a living, but 80 hours a week is too much. We all need hobbies as well, but you need to weigh your hobby time investment against your children. They should win sometimes, maybe most of the time. You also have a spouse that needs some attention, and your children are watching that too. So if you're looking for efficiency, again, time and resources... You can start by having your kids learn your hobbies. Most of us do this instinctually, or because it's lazy, um, but it's actually efficient. So your hobby can provide a way of your children to learn a skill and build character, especially if you do something like woodworking. Um, if you don't, sports and games work well for this, as long as, again, you don't reward them disproportionately. 
most people that play baseball teach their kids to play baseball. This is not wrong. It's helpful. Now, as your kids get older, they're going to get new hobbies that you don't have, that you don't know. You're going to have to learn them even if you don't like them. Not all parents like that particular advice. But if kids do something that you don't like, you, you've got to understand it a little bit. You have to at least try. Next, they, become, they may become better than you are at your hobbies. You should encourage that. If my son turns out better than I am at everything I do, I will be happy. If my son turns out better than everything I do and everything my wife does, that will be amazing. It's unlikely, but try. Kids, try to be better than your parents at everything. They'll be happy. Next, when a parent devotes attention to their child, they must be actively participating. They can't be passive or half-hearted. Click, click. Good job. Click. Your kids see that. They don't like it. They will learn that you don't actually care. Even if you do, they see that you don't. So this is always true, whether you're paying, playing shoots and ladders with a five-year-old or trying to listen to your teenage son tell you how they're going to beat his own defense in their next basketball game. You may not get it, but try. As they develop different skills and hobbies, you will not understand everything they do or say. You have to communicate that fact to them. You have to tell them that you're missing some things. But you also have to participate to the degree that you can. But remember, this is supposed to be a two-parent two parent job. If one parent cannot participate, the other one can. Your kid may say, I know to go to dad for this and mom to, for this. That's acceptable. As long as they know they can go to you. One of you. Next, attention must be given to all children. That's given, not earned through achievement. This is especially true if you have more than one child. They will see the difference in how they are treated. Most people do not intentionally ignore their children, but many of us unintentionally step away. We get busy, we get stressed, we have a bad day, we don't want to deal with anything, but we have to give attention anyway. Strangely, we always seem to show up for award ceremonies and achievements. That is an unintentional way that we signal to them we value those achievements more than we do everyday life. We should not. It's actually one thing my son doesn't care about if we go to an award ceremony he's in. Yes, what award he got? I don't care. I don't care. It's here. Sometimes I think he's too far on the other side, but he's not the same as I am. Next, build competence and confidence in your children. Emphasize learning, skill development, creativity. Remember, parenting is active. You have to teach your children. First, it's basics like reading and writing. If you're doing your job, you're also teaching them God's Word. As they get older, you're teaching them about the rest of life. So we've got critical thinking, law, economics, history, sociology, art, music, relationships. It should all start with you. The school system is not, it's not their job, and they're not capable of teaching those things. That's your job. And again, you have help. The more your child is aware of reality, the more competent and confident they can be. And that awareness and competence directly conflicts with selfishness. The more you understand the world, 
the harder it is to believe that you are the center of it. So, now that we've identified attention-seeking behavior as a problem of selfishness, become aware of some of the ways this behavior manifests, looked at some of the root causes, and found some preventative measures we can take, let's get to the real point of this message. For those of you that are soon, that are looking for a spouse, or will soon be looking for a spouse, attention-seeking behavior is a huge red flag. Selfishness is one of the biggest negative things that you can see. It's going to have a negative impact on every aspect of that person's life. So if you see it in yourself, you need to grow up before thinking about getting married. If you see it in a potential mate, they're not a potential mate. They're a child that will take more time and energy than they are worth. And no matter what social media tells you, anyone that says, I can't handle life, is not an introvert. They're a child. My wife and most of my friends are introverts, and they can all handle life. So when you get home, go back and listen to this message again. Take notes. I gave a specific list of red flags to avoid. With every example, I said, watch the person involved. Examine their interactions. Look at how they treat people in authority or people that are weak or helpless. If in either of those cases, they treat themselves as more important, then you know you have a problem. Our culture is run by selfish people, and they want you to be selfish too. It makes sense to them, and it reassures them. Some of them will not understand that you are different. Some of them will say that it's good for you not to be selfish, but they won't change their behavior to match. Some of them will judge you for choosing not to date or marry someone that needs attention. Some of them will feel judged by your unselfishness. And some of those that will feel judged won't understand why. Others will understand why, but they won't admit it. So if you aren't sure why, you can take out your Bibles and turn to the verse that was quoted. John, 3, uh, John 3, verse 20. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that his deeds will not be exposed. It's that simple. That's why they will judge you. If you're in the light, they don't want to be and they will judge you. If you follow God, act unselfishly, and choose to be around other unselfish people, our selfish culture will not like you. If you refuse to date or marry a selfish person, they will not like you. If you question the selfishness that defines our culture and say that it is harmful, they will not like you. Your very presence is a judgment against them, and many of them can feel it. Again, remember that the most basic cause of attention-seeking behavior is insecurity. Also remember, and I think this is my favorite line from this entire message, the more you understand about the world, the harder it is to believe you are the center of it. Ignorance is very helpful for selfish people. It protects them from knowing they are wrong. Ignorance combined with insecurity is a powerful force in our culture. So, back to our young adults that are soon to begin looking for a spouse. I trust that you aren't like our culture. You are not content with someone that is ignorant and insecure. You are looking for someone that is intent on becoming a competent, confident, and mature follower of God. Someone that intentionally sets themselves above others. You won't find someone that is already there. At your age, I wasn't. But there are some people that are on the way, and you are looking for someone that will be at your side for the rest of your life. Someone that will grow with you. Someone that will serve God with you. So, is it important to find someone that our culture says is compatible? 
someone that shares the same taste in music, television, comedy, and food that you do? Or do you think maybe you should have a few more important things to look for? Character, unselfishness, values, worldview, anything but attention-seeking, selfish behavior. Right? Told you that was going to be short.